Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for his majesty, the king. Okay, ready, Rachel? I'm very ready for our special Christmas episode. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And those few little things before we dive into our episode today... Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Also, send us an email, info at gallerypodcast.com. Our Christmas week episode, Merry, Merry. I'm so happy to spend my Christmas virtually with you, Rachel. Me too, me too. Did you hear a Brooklyn traffic go by and beep, beep, right as you said the email to write us? I thought that was kind of funny. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep, beep. They're in support of sending us love notes at info at gallerypodcast.com. There you go. All right, Roberta, what's on deck for this week? We are sharing our continued thoughts on the docuseries. Also, Jeremy Clarkson, we are going to discuss that total mess of a situation. The Royals' Christmas plans, Louis included. The rundown on who's the hardest working Royal and who's not, I guess. (laughs) And so much more, Roberta, coming up. But first, we always leave time for our Royal Refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We have to be extra festive with this one. So, I like this week's theme of just like our favorite holiday cocktail. Holiday yeah, what drink. is yours? I want to ask because I feel like there's a lot of choices out there. So what do you, what do you there's tend so to many, go for? I really like a hot toddy. I just oh, think that it's just – it like warms my soul. And I actually was looking up recipes ahead of this episode and it's good for colds and flus. So I think that feels extra apropos this year. But what about you? Yes. So apropos. I tend to go for more of the um, espresso kind of – like I, I feel mm. like either like You ordered Irish that coffee. with me in Boston. Yeah. You? Or an espresso martini is so good. I definitely am, am leaning into that this year. I feel like especially with the caffeine, I need I need it. But and what um, are you doing for Christmas, by the way? Well, I'm in Florida, but it's have you seen the the bomb cyclone news? No. It's supposed to be this huge cold front. So the high here in Florida, which pretty unheard of, is going to be like 30. So it's I did it's see that a massive chilly. cold front is hitting the whole country. What about you? Are you going? We're going to Massachusetts. I was hoping for snow, but I think it's just rain now. So Oh, a white womp, Christmas. Womp. A wet still Christmas. Be nice. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Okay. So we had so many DMs in the last two weeks about the docuseries, about the Royals Christmas concert, about everything. And so we wanted to read a few. This one's from Anne. She said, I can't possibly be alone in wishing they'd started their Netflix launch with Live to Lead, which is that new docuseries we heard about recently. She said, lead with some positives, then open up on their experiences with the unjust media coverage. Oh, well, I hope people don't think they've oversaturated and give attention to this doc too. I feel like that is so, that's exactly what I was feeling too, is that I wanted to hear more about their philanthropy and then maybe the docuseries, but we'll get into that in a second. I feel like I kind of liked the hard pivot. I, or I guess it's like, I'm not sure I'm, this is a comment on the order, but I'm really excited that they like had this whole release about their personal lives and now yeah. it's back to work. We've said our piece. Let's do this. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for that on New Year's Eve, I think. I know. This DM is from Sarah Beth. She said, 
I filed the complaint against the son. Disgusting. My friend and her boyfriend met Megan unexpectedly while they were on a wine tour. They said she was incredibly nice and introduced herself as just Megan. She was wearing a poppy as it was Veterans Day. From their personal interactions, I don't believe the horrible things other people have said about her. I cannot believe your friend met Megan on a wine tour. That is, I have so many questions about that. Where is the wine tour? Where did this happen? How do we sign up? That sounds so amazing. Amazing. Somewhere in California, I have to guess, but sign us up. Can we go? I know. I love a wine vacation. You know that. You do too. Yes, of course. (laughs) We're there. All right. This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. This also felt very on brand. We're flashing back to 1992. December 23rd, when the Queen's Christmas speech was leaked. And I did not know this, Roberta. Did you? No, I don't think I did either. The royal embargo was broken, is what happened, Roberta. The publication (gasps) then went rogue. Of course, again, very appropriate to this week, The Sun. No. (laughs) It was The Sun that went rogue. And so apparently how it works is 120 pubs. I'm not sure if this is still how it goes, but 120 publications would get the advanced transcript of the Queen's Christmas speech a couple days before. That's a lot. 120? I know. But it's the embargo thing. Like we know that as reporters, that it's you agree to the embargo and you can't break that embargo. And so The Sun ran her speech word for word two days early and I guess they back defended the fact that they did it. They said that there were suggestions that they received it from a satellite TV enthusiast that picked it up and passed it to the sun, but they also have the transcript. I find this all murky. Um, so yeah, they said that they didn't break any embargoes. Of course, the reasoning I would guess for leaking it and getting that scoop is because 1992 was an explosive year for the palace. It was the Annis Horribles, Andrew, Anne, and Charles all divorced, the fire at Windsor, season five of The Crown. Just rewatch and you'll know what 1992 was if you don't already. I wanted to, I'm, you know, gotta love YouTube. The 1992 speech is available in full. I wanted to play the part where the queen acknowledges the difficulties of the year. Like many other families, we have lived through some difficult days this year. The prayers, understanding, and sympathy given to us by so many of you, in good times and bad, have lent us great support and encouragement. But it's just fascinating to hear the acknowledgement, I think, in the speech that she is very much, you know, it has been a tough year. She still makes it all about service, and it's really awesome. I actually wish that we could plan a day, Roberta, where we just go through and listen to all the speeches just straight through. Oh, I think it would make me so nostalgic and, and sad that she is no longer with us. But we do have Charles's coming up. And supposedly People Magazine has story this morning, I guess, about him prepping for that. All eyes are I love him. that he's keeping that tradition going. Yeah, of course. I feel like it's going to be, it really will be just like his first speech as king, where I think we'll analyze every single word. So... This is also an important week in history, royal history. Why else? Well, December 20th, 1992 was the day that the Queen officially told Charles and Diana to divorce. And apparently Charles, I mean, we we kind of know this, but Charles agreed immediately. Diana dragged her feet. She didn't respond right away. And I think just rereading all the news coverage from the time, it just in the shadow of the crown this particular season where you know that it came, this request came weeks after Panorama and just, I think for me, the real impact that Martin Bashir had that changed the course of her life. Even though she spoke her truth, it did change the course of her life. That is important, but I was referring to royal <laughs> trivia one Roberta, year ago. You're right, you're right. We, 
<laughs> Wipe the slate clean. We'll start over. Royal trivia is one year old, and I want to cheers to you, Rachel. Cheers. I'm holding cheers. up my glass yes. virtually over Zoom that we did it one year ago, and I can't believe it. We published a book, and I'm so proud of us, and I couldn't have done it with anyone else. So. I know. I'm so proud of us. I actually was flashing back in my camera roll and the day that our book edits were due. And I forgot, like, Gosh. I think I lost childcare on that day. And I was like taking Finn to the playground. And I was like, I'm about to Zoom with Roberta. I'll send you the video. It just made me laugh. I'm like, we worked so hard. And I'm so, so proud hard. Of the I, I looked through my documents recently and it was like, final edits, final, final edits, final, <laughs> final, final, no more edits. Like we have so many manuscript versions. It's, it's absolutely crazy. It's amazing. Should we move on? Yes. Okay. I think this first news bullet is important because we want to revisit the docuseries and kind of now that we've had a little bit of space to think about it, go back and fill in a few more gaps that because we binge watched the morning of the episode, we couldn't really get to. So let's share our some of our reactions, compliments, criticisms that we have not had time to discuss and also get into that Jeremy Clarkson article. Ugh, Ugh I know the worst. I know. So I guess we have four big things here. And one of the first thing I want to lead with is that, well, do you want to start? I don't know how to yeah, do sure, that. Yeah, sure. I can do switch I, off. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, I think that after, you know, with further reflection, I think it's just the idea that two things can be true. I think everything that Megan and Harry have gone through is absolutely abhorrent. I believe them. I think that it has been awful. I think that doesn't mean that the docuseries doesn't have flaws. And I think we just put together some that jumped out to us. I think the first one for me that was just a point of frustration is that they still kept everything kind of vague. So, and I respect the idea that they were taking the high road. They didn't totally obliterate the monarchy. They didn't name names, but that felt kind of Oprah-esque to me where we had heard that skin tone comment, but no one was named. And then you have that moment that a lot of people are talking about, which is the text from William after the Oprah interview aired. I just wish we knew what was said, right? Because again, and this happens so often with the royal family, we're left to draw our own conclusions. And I think Mm -hmm. that that kind of fans the flames. Yeah, it was a very dull-edged knife that they used. And I think that kind of feeds into this idea that you know, this is a $100 million estimated deal with Netflix. They are they kind of have to sink for their supper. We Mm -hmm. don't know what Netflix is telling them behind the scenes, but it it does feel like this first docuseries came out in this order, just as our DM from Anne mentioned earlier in the episode, because they needed, they needed the draw. They needed people to view and, and tons of people did millions of households did because I think, you know, the tea is so hot. So they wanted people to come for this. And I think that they, have to give Netflix their pound of flesh. They really didn't want to go after individuals, it seems like, though. There's very little mentioned about members of the royal family except for that text from William and that he shouted at Harry. Besides that, there's really not a lot. I know. And I think, you know, something that was so glaring to me in hindsight was how they didn't mention anything about Andrew. Like, Andrew was not mentioned once in this six-hour docuseries, which is just a gaping hole, because I'd love to know more specifics. And this is where the vagueness comes in, where, you know, did they trade stories? Did the royal family Mm -hmm. trade stories about Meghan to keep Andrew out of the papers? Did, you know, what was it like to have 
all that going on in tandem with the press about him and, you know, just, I guess, why was he fully left out? But I agree with you about the sing for their supper part. Yeah, it definitely feels like a glaring omission to not even say that. Another thing I wanted to point out that I kept thinking about was that how much they, you know, call out the tabloids, rightfully so, for the racist coverage. But what I really wanted to know throughout the second half of the series in particular is which media sources are doing good. And that in what I mean by that is which journalists do they appreciate their work? Because I don't think you can really target the British media without being fair and saying, look, we actually appreciate this coverage, though. We wish there was more of this. Another thing was that, you know, they reference even very blatantly Ellie Hall's articles for BuzzFeed comparing Megan and Kate coverage of holding their bump and a million other things. And don't call out Ellie by name, which I felt was a big miss. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, there's just so many people in the Royal Rota and they're all like a lot of them are doing really good journalism. And so call that out. Let us know whose work you actually appreciate, because we know for society to function properly, we do need the press. So we absolutely just, do. That exactly. I, to- I totally agree. I think just one other thing is just, you know, once we got to the point where it was the fly on the wall footage, the William text, I don't mean to keep harping on that, but it's just kind of a glaring example for me. And again, I'm having Oprah level misgivings about the monarchy right now for sure. But I think we maybe saw a tiny, tiny glimpse of why communication has broken down between the brothers mm-hmm. a little bit and been cut off because everything is content. So I think, you know, what is the limitation? Like, is it's not like the royal family signs a release to be included in this type of format. They're not pictured in the docuseries. But I feel like you had a great kind of comparison or um, analogy oh. to this on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, like, that there's always this one person at a party or a dinner or something that's taking candid pictures and then posts them. And you're like, I just really wish you had just asked or in and. and Maybe that's how the royals felt when, you know, even when the Sussexes went over for the Jubilee, was it that, it, it, of course, in a more, you know, on a much bigger scale. But I do feel like <laughs> that's the feeling you get is someone posting pictures of you that you did not consent to and you're just like, I look really bad in these. Well, because if you if I called you and the cameras are rolling, but I don't know that or I have an assumption, but I'm not like, I just I, I'm curious how that all works. Right. Like they probably didn't sign release forms. I'm sure they would have. And so they would have been well aware that they were being filmed, but it's just one of those things where the guard, the walls were up and then they stayed up. And I think that's really hard to come back from. And it does explain some of the vagueness too, I think. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The last thing I wanted to point out that I think, and this is more so about the critics is that I think a lot of people who've watched the docuseries are confusing Meghan and Harry's goal. Mm-hmm. I believe they think their goal is to tear down the monarchy, or at least that's what it seems like from social media. That a lot of people are so up in arms. Royalists are up in arms. Monarchists are up in arms over this. I don't think that was their goal. I think that they really wanted to change it from the inside for the better. And that confusion is where... The anger, I think, stems from. And a lot of times it's like, why are you attacking the royal family? Do you want to tear down the institution? That is not what I got. They were willing to give up their titles even. They were willing to step away from it all. So I don't know. I just that really bothers me about the criticisms of them. 
Yeah, well, and I agree. I think that even now, it seems like they just want to reach a better tomorrow for the monarchy. It doesn't feel like they're blowing the whole thing up, you know? And I think that there's a lot of learnings to do. And the optimism, I guess, if we're staying on board as royal watchers, is that change is possible. My struggle right now is I just don't know what that change looks like where I will feel satisfied. I wanted to read the quote that I shared with you, Rachel, the other day from the Mail on Sunday. It was a friend of Harry's is the source. And they said, people ask, why air your dirty laundry? Everything Harry does and says is rooted in wanting to try and change things for the better, even if not everyone agrees with that. If the outcome of all of this is an institution in a family that operates in a more modern way, then so much the better. If there's a chance to improve things for the next generation, that's a positive. Yeah. So that's kind of summarizes what Harry seems to be after. And I think, um, but on the flip side of that, there's a lot of articles like one in the New York Times recently that I really liked by Salamisha Tillett that says, would we, you know, the docuseries paints Megan as this symbol of hope for the Commonwealth. But is that really what you want from, do you really want her to be at the mercy of all of this all the time? Like how painful were those three years that they were in the monarchy? Do we really want her to have to go through that just to be the oh, symbol. Yeah. yeah. I totally so it, agree. It's, it's hard. It's sacrifice. Like, and who right. knows what they actually want too, like in terms of will they go for the coronation, those types of things. Like what yeah. does, how do they see their role within it evolving? Or reconciliation. Cause I think we talk about that a lot. Do they really want reconciliation? Yeah. Probably not. So it's a, and they're entitled to that view the after table. what they've gone right. through. Wait, can you share the pro that I just loved that you told me in oh, a text yeah. or something? <laughs> oh, I loved this. Someone else pointed this out, but that one of the things that is really so positive is the people that rallied behind Megan when she was at her lowest point. And I think it's really, it speaks volumes to Hollywood and what she was kind of criticized for and denigrated for was she said that people took issue with that. She was an actress when she married into the Royal family, but the people that really did have her back in those really bad times were her actress friends, the people from suits, NBC paying for security, NBC security stepping up that, guy the agent that's in the docuseries him delivering the letter to her father personally like those people really rallied around her and I feel like that that made me feel really patriotic for some reason like for it has like the Hollywood sign and gold yeah. lights behind, and like the like, American flag mind. waving I'm like that <laughs> that is really wonderful and the people that came out of her work as an actress the thing that she was most kind of criticized for and reviled for or at least that's what she said she was, is are the people that had her back the most. And so, yeah. you, you know, it's Serena Williams. There's all these people. Yeah, that, Tyler Perry. Well, I know. Yeah, and it's, it is a bit of a, a script flip, oh too, because we often think of Hollywood with a little bit of a, you know, shade. We're not quite sure. It feels like an interesting yeah. industry to say it lightly. But oh, I love that, Roberta. But this leads us into this. Ugh, I don't even, I'm like, don't even want to give it airtime, but we need to. It's We awful. need to. We need to. And we need to talk about it. This article in The Sun, Jeremy Clarkson, all of you guys know about this by now, but I wanted to go over a few things. The Camilla Association is what really bothers me, I think. 
And it seems like sources are saying the royal family is taking a lot of issue with the coverage that Camilla is his friend or that she hosted the party. None of that really matters to me. And she didn't host the party, right? It was she she attended a party. There was a lot of misreporting there. Exactly. The party was she attended it a few days before the article came out, but they are longtime friends. And the party was hosted by a former head of Fordham and Masons, which is there is such a connection there because her son, Tom Parker Bowles, his cookbooks are through Fortnum and Mason. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely is a good, good friend that hosted it. But yeah, she didn't host the party, but just that, just someone who would write this and he's been to other events of hers. So I don't think- No, that they're that's, friends for a long time. That's they're very friends. clear. Yeah. Here's Morgan was there. He said so many awful things. Which about is a tangent, but that also really alienates me. Like, cause I feel like how is Camilla going to something with him? I know it's a bigger picture motive. Like you said, Fortnum and Mason, all that, but. Yeah. And I think we just have to reiterate once again, for people thinking this is just a Game of Thrones reference, it is so- rooted in historical racism there are so many accounts that point this out one of them i really appreciate of course is that ate jewel and if you don't realize why it's rooted in racism i would go check out her posts but it 100 percent is it's vile what he said we won't repeat it here but there have been i guess now over seventeen thousand complaints to the independent press organization press standards organization They had total 14,000 complaints for 2021. So this is huge. I, I, to me, it's the, the people who have read this article and then let it publish like the editor, Victoria Newton. So there's MPs that have come forward and signed a letter, open letter asking for an apology. That's what bothers me is just, it's horrifying to think that this didn't happen. Just this one person clicking publish. It's like, there were many editors that signed off and had eyes on it and still okayed it. That's despicable. They wouldn't even remove it until Jeremy Clarkson asked the son to remove it. That's what's wild to me. And his tweet, non-apology. is such a non-apology. It's it's like laughing and just it's 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 like everything you coach a four year. Like, I feel like I'm constantly coaching Finn on what an apology is. And it was just a textbook example of a non-apology. It made me so angry. It's saying sorry for the way we feel about. Yes. Sorry for how you felt. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Ugh. I know. So that's it. And there's no updates since then. And I hope we hear something else because I don't think this is going to go away like they might think it is. And I do think just to say the palace could and should step forward. These are moments that matter. And I think that they should have a comment. There should be change here. It's frustrating to have that lack of response. It really is. There's a lot coming up for the Sussexes. We'll quickly go through that. They are supposedly still invited to the coronation was the last we heard. And then that docuseries we mentioned from Anne's DM, which is Live to Lead. That'll be out New Year's Eve. And supposedly some interviews with Harry for Spare, which is so soon. He's supposedly doing an interview with Tom Bradby, who's a good friend who did the South Africa interview and documentary. That's going to be on ITV. Also, perhaps one with Anderson Cooper, a sit down. So lots from them. One comment on the coronation invite. I was reading some of the coverage. Did you realize that it's the same day as Archie's fourth birthday? Yeah. I just feel like just thinking about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like, I kind of constantly have that with the Jubilee where it was like Lilibet's birthday, now Archie's birthday. It's like they constantly have to, you know, that's a huge family moment as well. So 
It's a it's tough all, choice. It's like you almost don't want to be invited to the party at this point. Like, can <laughs> we not. just do our own party? Yes. Yeah, for RG. Okay. I'm going to quickly go through some royal Christmas plans from the other side of the pond. So the Sandringham Walk, we got a statement from the royal family. I think everyone was hoping the statement would be condemning the racist article from Jeremy Clarkson in The Sun. It was not. It was about the Christmas walk, which was a little disappointing. <laughs> I'm a lot disappointing, I should say. And but we might get a Louis sighting, which is exciting. There's also the Buckingham Palace lunch, which this year was at Windsor Castle. We had arrivals yesterday. Sophie, click on this link, Rachel. Okay, I'm going to click right now. I just feel like she's her makeup, everything. She's just since the Royal Christmas concert, wow. which her well, outfit was fabulous. Stunning. I was going to say, I just loved her appearance at the Together at Christmas concert, mm-hmm. that beautiful white. It just looked so chic. And the leather boots. I know. Although, am I? do I forgive them yet for being kind of rude to that guy at the Royal Variety show? Oh, gosh. I don't think no, so. I don't think still so. on my mind, for yeah. sure. But a lot is on my mind. I know. It's it's actually interesting. But we because- can appreciate a well-dressed moment still, oh, I course. think, amongst it. And good makeup, too, because you can only see the makeup. These are the arrivals from the, the Windsor Castle lunch, which we didn't see Kate and William arrive, but that could be just because they live so close now. They might have been able to sneak in. Or Hello Magazine reported that they didn't go because they're already – at Anmer Hall. So it'd be interesting if they skipped it this year. But I did see that Tom and Laura, Camilla's kids, are expected to be at Sandringham this year. Oh, interesting. They don't typically go. So that would be a big change. That's kind of a big expansion of the Yeah, I also think like just so reflective on Christmas for the family because it is going to be such a somber occasion, even though they're keeping all the traditions alive. And this is the first time they've all really gathered because of the pandemic in such a long time too, that I think you know, just the queen's not there. And what will that feel like? And also for Harry, I mean, even whatever the state of the relationship is with his family to be far away while mourning that loss is going to be hard. Yeah. Two more Royal sightings before New Year's Eve. So we'll have the Christmas Eve concert airing Saturday, which you can watch on BritBox with a free trial. That's huge. Free trial. Seven days. Get it right in time, guys. And then also the Christmas speech, which we'll see Sunday. Oh, we have to mention before we move to the highs and lows, the money. Did you see this? Charles oh, yeah. is on the <laughs> yes. banknotes, chuck on a buck. <laughs> also, what was that cryptic tweet that they had about the elf on the shelf? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's. I think they were like trying to guess what this is. And it was um, sovereign on a sovereign. And I was yes. like, Does, do people call the coin sovereigns? I didn't even know. I just don't get the parallel. It was, uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but. It's all right. We can stew about that. Do we feel like that? <laughs> Do we? I shouldn't even go here, but I feel like it's so photoshopped of Charles. Which the 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 um, money the oh I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's oh all God. like cleaned up like, and yeah the facelift face <laughs> tune that went into that. Jeez. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. I think my low has to just be this Sun article. It's so, so disheartening that we haven't heard anything from the palace. Nothing from the editor of the Sun, who 
you know, is a woman. And it makes sense. They, you know, of course, Charles and Camille hired this senior person from the Daily Mail as one of their communication staff. So it's it does make sense. But I just think the example of, you know, William and Kate's team immediately once they got off the plane in Boston condemning the Lady Susan Hussey debacle. Why can't they do the same here? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, there are certain moments that rise up that you need to respond to. You can't respond to maybe everything, but this is one of those moments. Milo is just, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I'm just feeling these like Oprah levels of sadness about the docuseries and the monarchy. And I... I just feel a lot of conflict. I've been, you know, I've noticed that from our audience too when I look at a lot of the conversations there. And I think I'm doing a lot of reflecting on also like, what does change look like? How do we go forward in 2023? I still want to be following. I think this is a huge moment in history. A lot of change is happening and I'm still optimistic. So I think that I'm not ready to totally abandon, but it's it's just a hard time to f- be a royal watcher, I think. And I also was thinking about Nikki Kristoff. I'm like, we should get her back on to get her take. Oh, our PR crisis expert, totally. I know, I do th- feel like once you look away, you don't leave room for accountability. And I think what we want to do is see real change happen from within. And there's so much that could happen. And so that leaves room for the optimism you mentioned. My high is... Princess Anne, props to her being the hardest working royal every single year. No surprise. No surprise. She had 214 engagements this year, down from 387 last year. How she accomplished that in 2020, I don't know, but it's incredible. Charles is second. Amazing. She's just incredible. And even with, you know, she was such a big part of the funeral as well. And all of September was kind of focused on the funeral and those ceremonies. Even so, she had over 214 engagements, those secret ones where she popped up in the U.S. for a lighthouse, something or other. It's just <laughs> Staten a, it's, Island Ferry. It's mind blowing to me. We don't give her enough props. She should I know. I she should be it. in every episode in some way because still she's still so happy to see her in that New York Times style. Oh, I was going to say she also got that award, too. So lots of awards for <laughs> Anne. Um, I waffled on my high up to the last minute, but this dropped last night that someone, I guess, Maxwell Music gave us all an early gift, which is the Harry and Meghan docuseries playlist. This, okay, love the docuseries, hate the docuseries, whatever you feel about it. The music included was incredible. It is the dinner party playlist that has been missing from my life. You're All I Need to Get By, which I sang in my acapella group, Marvin Gaye, love that song. But I also feel like I forgot about She's a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones. And now I think of that clip of Megan talking about her final engagements. But that is a great song. So I, I feel thought like you were going to say you think of Ted Lasso, that episode. Because that Megan is plays what, in Ted Lasso? It was such a big part of Ted Lasso season two. Why did I forget well, that? Well, I'll send you the clip from that episode. It's so good. And I immediately thought of that. It's This is already the gift song. that keeps on giving, Roberta. <laughs> I can't wait for you to send me the clip. <laughs> But on that note, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah to everyone listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. We have a review this week. This person says, I love this podcast. They do a great job recapping what's going on with the royal family. And I feel they give an unbiased take on every member of the family. I love listening. Thank you so much. Reminder to leave a review just like that. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) Whenever you get a chance, we love five stars. Subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. 
And remember to tune in next week. We have a very special New Year's Eve episode planned. So don't forget. Rachel, hope you have a lovely holiday. Lovely Christmas. I'm sure I'll be texting you from the moment we hang Non-stop, up. Nonstop. Nonstop. <laughs> Until next week. God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.